Introducing the Champion, podcasting out of the red corner. This man is a mixed martial artist. He stands five feet eight inches tall, weighing in at 245 pounds, fighting out of cool down Connecticut, presenting the host of Cool Down with AC and the reigning, defending, podcasting, heavyweight champion of the world, Anthony AC Coppola! What's up? What's up? What's up? Cool down with AC. I'm back, baby. I didn't expect to be back this week, but plans changed. Uh, Things happened, and I'm here. So we're going to talk some wrestling, uh, and we're going to talk some AEW, of course, as it is Wednesday night of this recording. You're probably listening to it on Thursday, but... um, yeah, this is uh, another AEW post show, I guess you'd call it. Um, there's some other things in wrestling I want to get into. Uh, we did a show last week. I got some uh, good feedback on it. Um, you know, and before we get into it, I just clarify something. I went, I went a little hard on the uh, Darby no sell of the. Um, I called it a power bomb on the show. It was actually like a razor's edge off the top rope. That's rather here nor there. He didn't sell the move. I'm sorry. I mean, you, you could. I don't care who you are. Uh, you could tell me whatever you want to tell me. He didn't sell the move. Uh, a minute later, 30 seconds later, he was on his feet doing whatever he was doing. I watched a ton of wrestling um, in the last week, and um, it, it was just bad. Uh, and I, I don't mean to go hard and be like, oh, wrestling's fake, blah, blah, blah. That's not really what I'm here to do. Um, I was just kind of making the point that we we're watching entertainment and it's 
you know, in comparison to the UFC, it's not real fighting. Um, did I need to go that hard at it? Probably not, but you know what? Whatever I did, it's, it's, and it's true. I mean, I'm sorry, just true. Um, I'm not trying to slight wrestlers or what they do or what they put their bodies through or their athleticism or their, uh, entertainment value or anything else. If I didn't like it, I wouldn't be here talking to you. Um, and I wouldn't be so frustrated by what I see what's, by what I see is going on in pro wrestling, uh, as a whole. Um, I mean, there's some good, there's lots of bad, um, there's, I mean, there's some things that are just downright confusing. I, I mean, I was texting with, uh, Hollywood Edwards tonight at one point and I was like, dude, like, what the fuck are you watching? Like, I'm so confused right now. And, um, <laughs> it's just, it's, you know, we'll get into it as far as AEW goes. Um, there's a couple other matches I saw um, over the last week or so that I wanted to get into. Um, some of it's a couple weeks old, um, and some of it is relatively recent. I did watch the Impact pay-per-view. I watched Money in the Bank. Um, I went back and watched Dominion from New Japan, which is a month, month and a half old now. Um, I watched uh, a couple episodes of Ring of Honor, kind of... You know, I saw the pay-per-view a couple weeks ago, and I kind of got caught up on what they're doing, and there's a match in particular I want to get into, but we'll do that after the AW stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm just going to jump right into it here, and I got, dude, I got to be honest. Like, what, like, I mean, I don't want to take a, a shit on everything they're doing, but I, like, I almost feel like I have to. Um, this is Fighter Fest week two, and I don't know why they're stacking these themed dynamites they're all dynamite i mean let's be honest this was a dynamite with a name last week was a dynamite with a name the week before was a dynamite with a name next week's going to be a dynamite with a name and and that's all they really are now there's a lot of rumors swirling um it sounds like danielson daniel bryan brian danielson whatever you want to call him at this point is is kind of locked in there's some rumors about when he may appear uh, it's going to be a little bit. Um, it sounds like maybe New York at Arthur Ashe on the 22nd. Uh, now that the cat's out of the bag a little bit, do they call an audible? Do you see him at the pay-per-view at some point? And then do you see him wrestle on that show? Or <laughs> You can see how it all plays out. Um, I got to think that whenever it is that you see him, you're going to get a large reaction. You have a cult following type crowd. This is a engaged crowd. I don't always agree with um, a lot of the th- I shouldn't say a lot. I don't agree with all the things that uh, they get excited about. Orange Cassidy. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But, um, you know, the one thing I'll give the AEW fan credit for is they go to the shows. They're engaged. They're involved. They're into it. They're having a good time. Um, and, and I do think that's a very good thing. I really do. Um and I think that, uh, you know, listen, you have a, a guy in Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, who can give you the ROH cult following. He could bring in some of the WWE following with the, the specific runs that he did have. You know, there's going to be a documentary about Brian Danielson's career, Daniel Bryan's career done eventually. And I hope it's done in the entirety 
because it it really is um uh it really is fascinating um you know the little rh guy he goes to wwe he leaves he's on the indies he's he, then he's back and next thing you know he's the hottest thing the white hot so over one of the biggest wrestlemanias in history wrestlemania 30 he has his um career-defining moment i don't know that he's done anything since then that you could say was a career-defining i mean come here like he, he's gonna have to do something huge to top what he did at wrestlemania 30 and that's okay because it was i mean who didn't like that <laughs> i mean if you didn't like that you're not a pro wrestling fan let's be honest it was tremendous um but i i think you know there's there's something in the tank there um especially if he can work you know, the light schedule that AEW seems to offer. Uh, it sounds like he may be able to do some Japan stuff, which would be huge. There's countless names there that you could see him wrestling. Um, and let's be honest, uh, Wrestle Kingdom is one of the biggest shows of the year in all of pro wrestling. Um, and I think the last two, last year COVID, the year before, maybe lack of star power, uh, in it, statewide star power, not not NJPW star power. Um, you know, you look it, kind of looking ahead to this year or, or next year's really because it'll be after. You know, it's usually uh, what is it? J- uh, January fourth, um, and now January fourth and fifth because they do two nights. Um, you know, you throw his name into the mix. My guess is you could throw maybe Jericho's name back into the mix. Maybe you could even throw Mega's name back into the mix. You could probably throw. Uh, Moxley's name into the mix. I mean, there could there's potentially some big time uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling Wrestle Kingdom stuff coming down the pike here, and then you get hit today with the idea that maybe CM Punk is negotiating to come back and wrestling in some capacity. Um, Everything you read is AEW, AEW, AEW. I mean, listen, Tony Khan is opening up the pocketbook. He's spending the money. So every top free agent is going to get the, um, they're going to AEW. Would that be the best place for him? I don't know. I think there's a story to be told in WWE. I think there's many stories to be told for him in WWE. Um, Would he be happy with the lighter schedule? Would he be happy to do some New Japan? Um, maybe, uh, we, we know Khan will pay. I mean, one thing, if, if you know, one thing you could give, if you're going to give Tony Khan credit for anything is he's, he's not, he, you know, there's no luxury, there's no luxury tax in AEW, at least not yet. Um, they spend, um, to their credit in that respect. So we'll see what happens. I don't want to get too far into the punk thing because it's still at, you're still in the rumor stage. There's nothing specific. Um, but it does sound like the Daniel Bryan thing is done. The Bryan Danielson thing is done. And listen, uh, AEW is trying to make waves. They got a second show starting. Um, ratings have been, you know, stagnant. They seem to be happy with them. I, you know, listen, for today's product, and what you get in wrestling ratings today, I, I don't know that I blame them. I mean, I guess the ratings are okay. When you look at them to history, it's going to look bad. But so is WWE's ratings right now. Um, so, yeah. And, I mean, WWE has their own problems. Uh, speaking of, the, you know, getting the cock. 
Ugh. I'm just going to say one thing before we get to AEW. You know, we we have on Cool Truth, and I have myself on Cool Down and any shows I've been on, talking with friends, whatever you want to say, have taken a lot of shots at AEW for production, um, things that have gone wrong, the exploding ring that was a dud, microphones that didn't work, you know, just stupid things, um, and some big things. But this is the largest, the number one, the creme de la creme of wrestling companies in the world that had that had an app that was well functioning. I mean, if you go if you go back in the beginning, there were some glitches here or there when you had the live feed and this and that. But they cleared that all up. There was not a lot of get glitches. At least, I, as far as I know, I didn't have a lot of glitches with WWE Network in a long time. And hey, listen, I know everything's about money. And I know they're in business to make money. And somebody comes in with a big offer and everything else. But they really did their fans a disservice with this cock thing. They're going through everything, pulling stuff. There's, I mean, it's, it's not as easy to navigate. And you know what? You can get past all that. But when you're sitting there watching a pay-per-view live and you're into the show. And now the show's called Money in the Bank. And the biggest money in the bank match of the night is the men's, the whatever they're calling it, you know, money in the bank briefcase match. And you lose the first half of that match because of bad technology in two in 2021. I know they're, you know, listen, they're going to move on. They're going to show their next pay-per-view. The cock is going to go on. I get it. It's pretty bad, though. It's just pretty bad. It was frustrating. It was annoying. Uh, I I gotta say, I'm a big Roman Reigns fan. I've always have been. Those of you who listen to me for a long time know that. If Roman Reigns was not in the main event and that was the last match, I would have turned it off. I promise you, I would have turned it off. And I was watching with White House, and uh, he was very frustrated too. Um, you know, we're switching. <laughs> you know, he's switching from. The smart TV to the uh, to the Xbox because it's hardwired in and trying to figure it out. And then I'm texting with you know Edwards and I'm texting with uh, Conda and Smitty and and Sean and all the boys and everybody's got a fucking cock in their ass because they can't watch the show. White is tweeting and Facebook and how bad it is and so many people. Uh, it, it's come on, do just do better, do better. And here's the thing. If that was AEW, what would everybody be saying now? And it's it's a fair question to ask. It's a fair question to ask. If that was AEW, what would everybody be saying now? And I'm just being fair. I would have crushed them. You would have crushed them. Everybody listening would have crushed them. And everybody's crushing WWE. And, and they deserve it. I'm sorry. You sold your product to, to a inferior service let's be honest now is the cock going to get bigger is it going to get better i mean i i guess that's their plan i mean they put a billion dollars into the wwe so i don't think they want that to happen but the bottom line is we got the cock on sunday night and it was bad it was bad um 
I'm going to talk about a match or two as we go on here, but let's get into AEW Fighter Fest Night 2. Um, overall thoughts? Overall thoughts. I, honestly, I thought the show was terrible. I'm just I, I, I'm just going to keep it real here. I always told you, Cool Truth, Cool Truth Podcast Productions, Retromania Wrestling Podcast Network. I haven't done that yet. Sorry. Um, Retromania, shout out to the boys. Colby, Gouging Podcast. Dave Rosenbluth, Diamond Dave, kicking out at two. Love you guys. We love being on the network. And you're listening to it on the network because it's the only place we put it up now. So <sighs> I'm just going to keep it real. This was, I, I thought the show was terrible. I, I'm being honest. Uh, I thought the flow was terrible. Um, it felt like a run of the mill, middle of, you know, middle of two pay per views dynamite. Whether you call it Fighter Fest or not doesn't mean jack shit to me. It felt like, you know, I used to talk about the Ring of Honor roller coaster, how Ring of Honor would do a pay per view, then you get to the bottom of the roller coaster, and then they kind of build, hit the top of the roller coaster with the pay per view, and they go way down. Well, this is like AEW, like, you know, this was the bottom since the last pay per view, which. I mean, they probably already hit there, but we'll we'll just use this one as that because I thought the show was fucking terrible. I, I got to be honest. Now uh, they opened with Chris Jericho in his first uh, in his first um, match here and uh, trying to get his uh, ultimate match with MJF. They got to put MJF on commentary. I mean, AEW, of course they do. I mean, why wouldn't they? I mean, I why why does AEW only have three seats at the commentary booth? Just extend the table. You put so many different guys on commentary. Why not just have the fourth, like have a fourth screen, like just have it ready. You do it so often. Like why, why are you, you're not fooling anybody. But anyway, they put MJF on commentary. You get Jericho, you get Sean Spears. Now this match was booked last week. Spears can use the chair. Jericho can't. Uh, I thought the match was pretty good. Um, you know, Spears... Uh, he's he he he's really reinvented himself from, you know, perfect ten guy in WWE. Uh, he's done a nice job with that, which is great. Um, and let's face it, um, at fifty something years of age, Jericho can still go. Uh, the fans love him. He is one of the rocks, if not the rock, of uh, AEW. And um, it, you know, it was a good match. Uh, Jericho ends up getting the win. You had a uh, you had a chair uh, kind of pinned up in the corner. Uh, he fired Spears into it, then hit him with the uh, Judas effect, and he gets the pin. And MJF and I'm gonna, I'm going to kind of power through this because I, I don't want to spend a lot of time on you know little specifics. It's just I mean, come on, uh, we only have so much time here, right? Right? Yeah, I like the you know last week we did an hour show. I like the hour show. I think you guys like the hour show too. So anyway. Um, he hits the Judas effect. Jericho gets the pin. MJF comes out. Uh, says, "Great, Chris. Congratulations. Next, your next match is against, you know, this this tough guy, and uh, you know, he was a he, he robbed a bank with no mask on, and blah blah blah." And we get Nick Gage. Now, nothing against Nick Gage, but I, I really don't care. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's too many of these death matches now anyway, especially in AEW. You have 5 million guys in this company you could use. And you got to bring in another outsider again. 
Now listen, you want to bring in Brian Danielson? I can't get on you for that. You want to bring in CM Punk? I can't get on you for that. You want to bring in Nick Gage? I can get on you for that. He's only going to be known to a hardcore fan base anyway. Um, you know, maybe you get a little extra pop because of the uh, documentary on Vice earlier this year, I guess. Uh, I mean, at Jericho's at, at this point in Jericho's career, does he does he really need to wrestle Nick Gage on AEW TV? Is there, isn't there a lot, a hundred things he could do aside from that with the talent they have in AEW right now? I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just asking the question. I mean, if you like it, I'm, I'm not trying to make you not like it. Just from my perspective, I, I don't think it's necessary. And I don't really need another death match. How many of these are we going to see? How many? So we got Nick Gage and Chris Jericho next week. <laughs> I mean, all right. All right. Um, there's another thing, you know, as we move on here, um, I was really into the uh, Frankie Kazarian, kind of the uh, elite stalker, you know, elite. Uh, I'm going to come get all these guys. And it's funny because when they first did it, my inclination was that they were going to fuck it up. And they, they, I mean, they totally fucked it up. I mean, they gave it to cock. It's terrible. It's it, it's just not good. It's nothing. It's nothing to do with Frankie Kazarian. It's just that I thought it was going. I take. I didn't think it was going to be anything different than it is. I was hoping it was going to be something bigger for Frankie and for a good storyline. But instead, it's like a micro piece to get the elite in matches. And he has the match here, Good Brothers, Gallows, the whole thing. And Frankie loses. And then we get to Omega coming out. Um, And then we get the Hangman coming out. And then we get to the Dark Order coming out. Um, I like the fact that they're stretching the Hangman Omega thing. Uh, I was hoping they would do that. So, you know, no complaints there. Um, I mean, the Dark Order thing, it is what it is. Um. Yeah, I Kenny with only with the one belt this time again. Uh, it's very interesting how AEW's handling this belt collector gimmick. It seems to be he's the belt collector when he wants to be on AEW, and he's the belt collector all the time everywhere else. Excuse me. I'm gonna take a little sip. Um. But yeah, there's there's a lot uh, that has to play out there. Um, you get no bucks. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Where, I mean, hangman's over. Uh, he comes out with his cocktail, you know, the cowboy, uh, he's definitely over. So I, I, I you know, I, I have no complaints there as far as where it's headed. <sighs> I'm just not a big fan of the dark order being a part of this. And I'm not a big fan of the way. They uh, are doing Frankie Kazarian here. He's an afterthought. He's a, you know, I I don't want to call Frankie Kazarian a jobber, but, I mean, it's kind of how he's being presented here. Um, So, Luke Gowell's got the win, of course, as we said. Um, Moving on from there. 
We get, <laughs> and I, oh man, I, you know, I was kind of a dick. I took a shot. I, I was unintentionally took a shot at Wheeler Yuta last week. I'm like, why the fuck are they booking? Here we go again, Wheeler Yuta. And he's now, he apparently he's a part of the best friends faction. I mean, of course, why wouldn't we add to the best friends faction? I mean, why, you know, we, you know, Darby could have wrestled Trent Beretta. He could have wrestled Chucky T. Um, he could have wrestled Darby Allen, or yeah, himself, asshole. He could have wrestled Orange Cassidy. I mean, he could have wrestled uh, the alien there, uh, Statlander. Who knows? Who knows what they could have done? But you know, we got Wheeler Yuta here again, and uh, come Darby comes out with Sting. Pretty much a ho hum, easy victory uh, for Darby. <laughs> so after the match. Um, now, out for the, after the match, we get, uh, the blade and hang on a sec here. Sorry. Mm. Okay. Hang on. All right. So anyway, after the match, we get the blade, uh, in the ring with, uh, Orange Cassidy and um, Orange uh, punches him in the face with the brass knucks. Okay. There's some, you know, I'm, I'm reading these notes here. And why did I think that that, uh, let me, let me go ahead a little bit here. Cause I, I, I felt like that happened after their match. Yeah, that, yeah. This is. I'm sorry. This is out of order here. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so the, we'll get back to the uh, we'll get back to the Orange Cassidy Blade stuff because this thing is all fucked up. Um. <sighs> we get a segment. Um, this may be a little out of order here. Uh, in the back. With, <clears throat> I always call him LAX, Pride and Powerful, Santana Ortiz, and FTR. And it's funny because I was looking at their rankings today. <laughs> it's just so funny. FTR is ranked fifth for the tag team titles. They've had five tag team matches this year. Five. It's July. This is one of the best tag teams in the world. Might be. The best tag team in your company. And they've had five tag matches this year. And then you have LAX, Santana Ortiz, Bright and Powerful, who aren't even on the rankings. These are two of your top three tag teams. In my opinion, probably the top two because I'm just not digging what the Young Bucks are doing. <laughs> and then you got Eddie, you know, Eddie Kingston and Pentagon at number three. You have the Varsity Blondes are number one again. I mean, weren't they number one like a month ago when they got a title shot and lost? <sighs> These rankings. Dude, hey, come to con. Just, jeez. The greatest con job ever. Get rid of the damn rankings. It's fucking terrible. Um, so anyway. Uh, so you get that segment. I... You have the Britt Baker first title defense against Nyla Rose. 
Um, I thought the match was pretty good early on, and the it's one of these matches that you get a lot with AEW where it gets chaotic and just ridiculous at the end of the match. And for me, it looked like Nyla was kind of losing her steam a little bit. Um, and the when they had the pinning sequences, they had a they had a bunch of pinning sequences, and it looked like Nyla was kind of losing it there. And then you had this situation where, um, uh, um, wow, I can't think of her name. Vicky Guerrero, sorry, Vicky Guerrero throws the title into Nyla Rose. It looks like Nyla's going to use it on Britt, and then she throws it to Britt. The ref turns around and is like looking at Britt like, oh, you have the title, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, ah, no, 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 she threw it to me. And I'm just like, this is goofy. <laughs> like, why Why are we watching this right now? Um, You got uh, two curb stomps out of Britt, and Nyla kicks out. And then eventually uh, she finishes her off and um, gets the W on the tap out with her. Uh, I mean, I don't even know what she calls the move, the Dennis move or the mouth grab or pull or whatever the fuck you want to call it. I don't even know what you call it, but she get she gets the move and, and the right person won here. Um halfway through the match I thought it was really good and I just thought it lost it a little bit. But the right person won. I honestly I, I, I almost wish wish for Brit this was the main event of the show. I talked about it last week. It was a little early. I know I brought up you could do it at nine o'clock to make it a little bit bigger. It was a little before that. Um it really didn't feel that big to me. I, I was hoping it would feel bigger. Uh, and we'll see where Britt goes from here. Um, I mean, that women's division has a lot to be desired. And challengers, I mean, you could bring up challengers, but can you really bring up someone that deserves to be a challenger? So it's going to be interesting how they keep the momentum. Because they have a lot of momentum with Britt Breaker right now. How do we keep the momentum going? Um and, I, you know, I think that it's important, especially when they do a lot of ho-hum women's matches that don't really matter at 9.20 every week. So, all right. Um, that uh, the, tag, the tag team segment with FTR and Santana was actually after the match, not before, whatever, semantics, uh, we went over it. And then we get uh, we go to commercial, and they say they're going to come back with Tony Schiavone and Andrade El Idolo. <laughs> and this no, I'm reading is hilarious. He's got his homie with him, holding on to some contract. Maybe he was holding like a tablet, and um, Andrade takes the mic from Tony. Uh, he starts, you know, he starts talking, saying, "Show him." I got a new executive consultant, and it's Chavo Guerrero. So uh, Chavo, Chavo Guerrero is now part of the El, Andrade El Idolo group here. Um, the other guy, uh, I, 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 I don't know who he is. Uh, it's one of the things I'm confused about. And then this segment, I was confused about a lot of things. Um, Andrade gets cut off by Death Triangle. Obviously, he called out Death Triangle last week. Uh, Phoenix with them. It's Phoenix, Pentagon, Pac. If you don't know, I, I like to call them Triangle de la Morte. 
Uh, I think it's, I mean, I wish they would just call him Triangle of Del Muerte because it just sounds so much better. And it kind of gives like that little Lucha Underground feel to it. I always like those little kind of Lucha Underground pops to it. I, they use the word trios, which is a Lucha Underground thing. I wish they would give it the Triangle of Del Muerte and actually have them be like a trios team and not add Eddie Kingston in and do all this weird shit they do with them. But anyway, so you got the three guys. Um, and <laughs> I was laughing. And, you know, this is obviously joking around here, but Pac is talking and I'm like, why is Pac like speaking the worst English out of everybody here? <laughs> and uh, also with uh, with uh, Death Triangle, you have, I'm not sure it says it in this note here. Hang on one second. I'm going to go back to my, my text with Edwards because he got the name because I always, I thought that... Uh, Hang on one sec here. The guy with Andrade is a mystery. <laughs> we were talking about this whole thing. Um, so Alex uh, Abrihantes is with that triangle. He's kind of the interpreter for Phoenix and, and Pentagon. Now, I thought that he was Willie Urbina, who was the one who was fired for making some anti-Asian comments on the Spanish broadcast a couple weeks ago. I thought they were the same guy. They're not. So I was very confused. And then you have uh, El Idolo's other guy, and you got Chavo, and you got, you know, pack-speaking, broken British, English, Spanglish, Inglaglacious. I don't know what the fuck he was speaking. And it was very confusing. But we we tried to sort it out there a little bit. Um I, I, I'm down for El Idolo versus versus uh Pac. You want to give me a tag match with Chavo and El Idolo versus uh Lucha Brothers? Uh I think I could roll with that too. Uh, I really can. So there's a lot you could do there. I thought this was one of the better segments on the mic. Even though it was confusing and weird at some points, it was like one of the better segments. So um, pretty well done. Um, and listen, I, I need to see Andrade wrestle more. I, I mean, when he wrestled a couple weeks ago against... Uh, um, who the hell did he even work? Oh, it was... Uh, I almost said Matt Stryker. Uh, Evan Bourne. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. I can't even think of his name off the top of my head. I'm fucking terrible with names. It's horrible. I COVID. I'm going. I'm going with this COVID memory. It's a thing. You could read about it. You had COVID. You start losing your memory. It's true. And I'm losing it. And not that I was wasn't losing it before, but I'm really losing it now. So anyway, um, I, I want to see Andrade wrestle. I want to see him wrestle and not in a fucking death match. But anyway, um, let's see what happens here. Might be on to something. That triangle. All right. Um, and then you got Ch- you got Ch- you got Chavo in the mix. Um, listen, there's there's three singles matches for El Idolo there. Um, there's tag matches. There's all kind of things you can do. So um, a lot you could go on there. Before they go to commercial, they go to the back. QT Marshall, as they like to call him, is backstage with Alex Marvez um, with part of his crew. Um, <laughs> apparently he's going to apologize to Tony next week. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know why that was a thing, but it was a thing. So we go to commercial. 
<laughs> we come back and we have Orange Cassidy and uh, the Blade. And I actually remember, and this is a true story, texting um, Edwards and Stames. And I was like, when the bunny came out, I'm like, <sighs> yeah, pal, the bunny. I'm like, the bunny needs to just take her clothes off right now and just save this thing. Just get naked. <laughs> I mean, I had, no, I had, like, no idea where to go from here. Um, so you get Orange and the Blade. And I got to tell you something. AEW fans, I threw you props earlier in the show, but I'm going to tell you something right now. I don't want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from you. And I'm going to crush you when Orange Cassidy wins a title with this company. Because you with your freshly squeezed chance and your orange Cassidy and you're putting over his stupid pocket bullshit and you know when he wins a title it, it it's it's because you wanted it because if you don't think that Tony Khan the Khan job the guy who had you know all his wrestling dolls in the wrestling ring when he was a kid and now was playing with them in real life here's that. And thinks that I need to put this guy over. He does. He's ranked number five for both. Because they put the TNT and the AEW title together. He's ranked number five. He's lost one match this year. It was on the pay-per-view. With the shenanigans. It's going to happen. And it's because you wanted it. Now, there's some of you out here listening right now. And a lot of you are probably my friends saying, fuck that guy. I will never watch AEW again if he gets a title on him. And I'm right there with you. But I'm telling you right now, con job, Booker of the Year, he's listening to that crowd reaction. And he is going to put a title on this guy someday. And think about what that means. Is he going to beat Miro? Is he going to beat Kenny Omega? The wrestling god. Hangman. Is he going to take the FTW championship off Ricky Starks? Which might be which might be the least worst thing they could do. I mean, it's orange. <laughs> oh. But I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it when he wins. Oh, you're going to hear it from me. And and you're going to hear from anybody who's on the show with me if and when it does happen. But it's going to happen. And I just want you to know it's because you, the masses, not speaking to everybody, because I know there's somebody in their car right now or, you know, brushing their teeth or listening while they're in the shower. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of creepy. <laughs> Scratch that. Uh, listening while they're doing their laundry, <laughs> thinking to themselves right now, AC, you're a fucking asshole. I don't want fucking Orange Cassidy, blah, blah, blah. Don't blame me. I could guarantee you, you are in the minority because listen to that crowd and con jobs listening to. So when Orange Cassidy wins a title, just know you wanted it. <laughs> Oh, we get a uh, Chris Jericho promo. Um, I'm pretty sure it was after that match. It might have been before. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. We got the promo. 
Um, and he's not facing the camera. And if you notice, he had the little hat on and he's cutting a promo on him facing Nick Gage. And he turns around and you get the New Japan. Um, I don't even remember what the fuck they call him over there. Uh, with the with the face paint, you know, like the kind of the clown face paint and the hat and the badass, you know, you know, evil Chris Jericho. Uh, the name escapes me. You guys know what it is. Again, COVID brain. We'll go with that. <laughs> um, so you're gonna get that Jericho, the New Japan Chris Jericho, next week versus Nick Gage, and what's gonna be a hardcore match. And that leads you right into another hardcore death match for the IWGP United States Championship. John Moxley in the last two weeks has defended that title more times than he has in the last two years. So I want to give John Moxley credit for defending that title. He is a fighting champion. I mean, it's on AEW TV. Why would it be on New Japan TV? I, I have no idea. Let's just defend it on AEW every week now. And we need something for Lance Archer to do. Earlier in the show, uh, sitting in the crowd, they showed, I missed this, but we'll, we'll get to it now, uh, Hikaloa. Hikaloa is one of Haku's sons. He's a New Japan Bullet Club member. He's obviously with Tamatanga Tangaloa. Uh, big guy. Um, I've only seen some of his work in New Japan. Uh, I, honestly, I always thought he was a little bit green over there, but it's been a while. Who knows where he's at now? But he's going to get the winner of John Moxley and Lance Archer for the IWGP um, United States Championship, the New Japan title. Excuse me. That was wrestled in a... Texas Street Fight or Texas Deathmatch um, on AEW TV. I get it's Moxley. I get it's Archer. This match kind of works. Does it scream New Japan to me at all? But this is the New Japan US title, so maybe they think this is what the US fans want. Or maybe they just said, here, con, con job. Here's another title for you. Play around with it. I, I have no idea. But we're but we're gonna get Hikalua versus the winner. Um, I gotta say, like I thought this match could probably save the show, and then I was watching it, and I'm not saying they did everything that was done in the death match on Impact from Saturday, but when they pulled out the fork with the tape wrapped around the handle, <laughs> I mean, I was just like. Oh, someone was watching Impact this weekend, huh? <laughs> I mean, I was waiting for them to come out with the pizza cutter. And if you watch the match, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, they went to the barbed wire on the plywood again. I mean, I don't know if Tony Khan has a supply of plywood, but why you would waste plywood in this financial situation run is beyond me. But then again, he owns a football team, has a stadium. Maybe he just has plywood lying around. Those of us that can't afford plywood now are like, dude, why are you wasting plywood? But he did with the barbed wire again. Uh, and Archer wins the match, throws Moxley onto the barbed wire plywood. Moxley gets you know, the 10 count. He doesn't get up. Archer wins. You get Hikaloa in the ring, face-to-face with Archer. 
So we're getting Archer and Hikaloa for the United States IWGP United States Championship next week. Um, the card isn't terrible for next week at FTR and LAX. Uh, you got that match. Uh, this is now fight for the fallen because God forbid we just have a regular dynamite. We have to have another themed dynamite. Um, uh, there's a couple other matches off the top of my head. I can't think about it. I'm not even going to look it up. It's not important. So we'll be back next week. We'll talk about it. Uh, we'll break it down for you. Um, yeah, I mean, if my review of this show kind of sounds ho-hum, it's because I kind of feel ho-hum about the show. I mean, the two hours went by. I mean, if you're watching this show tonight, do you really think it was that good? I mean, I just I just didn't. I mean, can I pinpoint the, like, do I want to crush everything they did? No. I mean, it, it just, I, it, it felt like I was nine years old watching Superstars on Saturday morning with my fucking, you know, Honey Nut Cheerios. Like, I, I don't know, I don't know any other way to explain it. And they have, a, and I felt going in, they had a lot of momentum. You know, I was talking about it with multiple people, Hollywood Edwards, Stames being two of them, uh, Conda Smitty Sean, shout out you guys, Jigsaw Jiggy, Jim M, shout out to you. I was talking to all these guys, you know, we're talking about Danielson, we're talking about CM Punk. And it felt like, yeah, we're talking about Danielson, CM Punk, and I didn't even get this fucking T-shirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, not that I expected to see those guys tonight, but it just felt like there was a momentum heading in this show, and the show was a buzzkill. That's the best way I could say. It was just like a buzzkill. It was just like, ugh. I actually thought, having watched this week's show, I thought last week's show was that much better. And I thought I gave, personally, I thought I gave a fair review of last week's show. Um, and it was better. But wouldn't, wouldn't you expect, if you have a two-week fighter fest, isn't week two supposed to be better than week one? I mean, I'm no booker of the year. I, I'm just a guy watching the show. But that, that would be my assumption. All right, we got a couple minutes here. Let's move on from AEW. Um... At the risk of getting repetitive. Uh, there's a couple matches I want to get into. Um, in a couple shows. Uh, I watched Dominion. It was. I mean it's from six weeks ago. Uh, I know Meltzer gave the main event a six star. It was good. I don't want to go there. I really don't. It was, it was a good match. It was entertaining. But we've seen this so many times with New Japan. And Okada especially. Uh, and I just, I don't know if I could go there. I actually thought personally the best match on the show was Jeff Cobb and Ibushi, which was the co-main. Um, I thought that match was tremendous watching the match. I honestly felt like Cobb was going, this was going to be Cobb's moment. Now you new Japan fans out there, um, like myself, we know how this goes. Whenever you think it's the guy's moment, uh, wait about 12 months. (laughs) Um, 
But Cobb, Cobb found his home. I'll put it that way. Uh, he looked tremendous. He worked tremendous. And Abushi's Abushi, man. Like, Abushi is fucking good. And it's not just... This is the thing with Abushi. Abushi has mastered how to do those spot moments and the athleticism, but give you a badass strong style. I don't want to call him Nakamura because they're very different in demeanor and approach to the way they approach moves and everything else. But the MMA style, the kicks. Um, and does anybody sell in wrestling better than Ibushi? I feel like every time I watch Ibushi wrestle, there's a spot in the match where I feel like he's actually knocked out with his eyes open. Every time. And he gets me every single fucking time, too. Every time. Darby Allen, take notes. Please. And Jeff Cobb was great, like I said. That was a strong style New Japan match. You got your athleticism. You got your spots. You also got some moments where you saw how strong those guys are. I got I to gotta say, guys like that that are wrestling in New Japan right now, Cobb, Ibushi, you know, throw Okada in the mix, Evil, Naito, you, you know, go down the list. You can tell these guys live and breathe pro wrestling. It's obvious. And... When I hear stories about, you know, guys in the back watching basketball games and not watching the show and not getting a feel for what's going on or playing poker or whatever the fuck they're doing or, you know, it's obvious. The difference is glaring. I'm sorry, it just is. I get I get in and out of New Japan all the time, and I've been more out than in lately, a lot of it because... You don't have the American influence as much because of travel restrictions and everything else. And here we go again. Japan's kind of locking down again. And here we go. You know, the never-ending story of COVID-19, Delta farce, you know, whatever the fuck we're calling it now. Laba, you know, Laba variants and, you know, what's next? You know, what's next? I'm, I'm ready for it. I got, you know, I got, I got a meme with the book. Never-ending story. And it has, like, the COVID, you know, virus looking thing on it. And I mean, that's where we're at. <laughs> but anyway, Ibushi and Jeff Cobb. If you can get it, I looked on YouTube. I couldn't get a, I couldn't get a free um, full match. And I looked on New Japan World and they didn't have a free full match yet because I wanted to send it to some people. But if you have New Japan World and you haven't seen it, you can grab it by the match or you can watch the whole show. Um, Kevin Kelly, Rocky Romero are the you know, commentators, the whole thing. Uh, Dominion was a good show. But that match, if you're just going to watch, if you were going to pick one match to watch, I would tell you to watch that match. Um, Impact, Slammiversary. Could they find a smaller building? <laughs> uh I'll say this, though. 
for the, as small as the building was and as small as the crowd was, the crowd was into the match. They were or into the show. They were engaged. They were cheering. They were on their feet the whole time. Um, it gave like a well-produced indie show feel. Uh, and I thought overall it was a good, solid impact pay-per-view. They always seem to deliver. Uh, there was a couple things, though. Before I get into the main event, um, Morrissey gets the win over Eddie Edwards, cheats the win. He's a heel. Heels cheat the win. That's wrestling 101. So I'm okay with it, although I almost think that he didn't really need to do it. And I there's another situation similar that happened this weekend that I'm going to get into. Um, but, you know, he used the the chain to knock Eddie Edwards out. He hit him with everything but the kitchen sink and then hit him with the kitchen sink and finally beat him. Given that it's Eddie Edwards and he's, you know, Mr. Impact, uh, the Jay Lethal of Impact, I like to call him, um, I'm okay with it. And the match was good. Uh, Deanna Perrazzo uh, had a mystery opponent, which happened to be... um, here we go with the COVID memory again. <laughs> oh, the old. Uh, I keep wanting to say Selena D, but it's not her. It's. Um, oh, shit. Hang on. I got to look it up because I feel like a fucking idiot because I can't remember it. Uh, come on. So before we get to that match, because I got to look this up here, um, Chelsea Green was a surprise uh, uh, mixed tag team match. Uh, She tagged with um, Matt Cardona, uh, which obviously made sense. Um, So you had a surprise there. Their other big surprise was No Way Jose. Uh, They had a four-team tag, you know, four-way Four-team four-way for the tag titles. Good Brothers, um, um, Rhino. uh, Shit. Again, I can't remember everybody that's wrestling here. Uh, Hang on. Impact Slam Anniversary. But they had a four-way for the tag titles. And No Way Jose is their mystery guest. It got no reaction. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry. Nothing against No Way Jose. And they were calling him No Way. And when they introduced him, they said, No Way Jose. You know, like a joke. Like, No Way Jose, you know. And then they were calling him No Way. Uh, but anyway, uh, they tried that one for a big, uh, you know, for a big, I guess what we call surprise. But got zero reaction out of it. Um on the uh, on the pre-show, you had Decay, Havoc, and Ro- Rosemary uh, won the Impact uh, Women's Tag Knockouts uh, Tag Team Titles. Um, I didn't see that match, so I can't get into it. Uh, we're doing other things. They opened the show with the um, X Division with Ultimate X, which that match was awesome. Uh, Josh Alexander retained his title. You had Ace Austin, Chris Bay 
who uh, made some news, which we'll get into. Petey Williams, um, Raju, and uh, Trey Miguel. I mean, everybody had their moments in this match. It was athletic. It's it, it was your quintessential X Division Ultimate X match. And I was happy that Alexander retained. Uh, I thought the match was really good. Um, <laughs> there were some cool spots in the match uh, where guys were doing different things that I hadn't seen before. And right before Alexander and I, I think it was Alexander and Bay who were fighting over the title, they actually both had it in their hands and they had their legs wrapped around the uh, the ropes that hang over the uh, Ultimate X. And they were hanging upside down. And they were fighting over the title. East Austin jumped off the top turnbuckle and tried to dive and grab the belt from them. Which would have gave him the win. And I don't know that I've ever seen that before. I probably have and I just never. But it was. I thought it was very cool. Alexander ultimately wins the scuffle. Retains his title. It was very good. Uh, like I said, you got the Chelsea Green um, surprise uh, as uh, Cardona's tag team um, tag team partner in a mixed tag team match. Uh, and uh, Brian Myers had Tennille Dashwood. And I don't know what the fuck Impact's doing with Caleb Conley with this, you know, selfie follow Tennille Dashwood around taking pictures of her. I just... He's too good. Please do something. Come on. I've seen Caleb forever. You got to do something with him. This is not, uh, I mean, he's doing it. He's playing the character. Um, he's, you know, kind of fruity and wearing wood. Uh, man, he's just, I feel like he's too good for that. But that's what they got going on with him. Uh, Madman Fulton was barred from ringside in the, uh, in, uh, and the uh, Ultimate X. So he comes out with Shira. They want to fight every ref for barring them, the whole thing. Um, and then they, a tag team match is put together against Finjuice. Finjuice comes out. And Hollywood Edwards would hate this because he loves Madman Fulton. Madman Fulton got almost squashed in this match by Finjuice. And actually uh, took the pin. Uh, which I thought was interesting. Now, this is where, you know, let me get into the, uh, I know I'm jumping around and kind of going out of order at here. Uh, the the four-way for the t- for the uh, tag titles I was talking about before. The Good Brothers have won their titles back. Um, Vi- Violent by Design came in with Doring and Rhino as the incumbent champs. Uh, Diener and Eric Young were out there with them. Uh, you had Will, uh, Rich Swan and Willie Mack as a tag team in this match, and you had Fala Ba, and he's he called out No Way, No Way Jose to be his partner, which again got no reaction. And um, young uh, young brothers, young brothers, good brothers actually uh, won the titles back. And if you're watching AEW tonight, you saw that because they had them around their waist. Um, and like I said before, Deanna Perrazzo, great match, had a uh, surprise opponent, which was Thunder Rosa, not Selena Deeb. <laughs> right, Church, wrong, Peru. <laughs> uh, the match was very good. Uh, Deanna gets the win. She's had quite the run as uh, Impact or as um, as uh, Knockouts Champion, uh, Impact Women's Champion, Knockouts Champion, whatever you want to call it. Um, and then we get Mickey James. 
and Mickey James is putting together uh, the uh, women's tournament for um, NWA. You also have a women's tournament going on in Ring of Honor, uh, which is being put together by uh, Maria. Shocking, because she's back. So you got two big women's tournaments. Um, it sounds like behind the scenes from sources that there's a little, you know, you know, a little bit of uh, who's going to get who, who's going to trade who, blah, blah, blah. Um, it sounded like somebody thought they had Deanna coming and it didn't happen uh, for various reasons. And now it looks like Deanna may be doing the NWA thing because she got into it with Mickey James who um, kicked her in the face. And dude, Mickey James. Oh. She, like Edward says, she's top five ever for women's wrestlers, knockouts, whatever you want to call them. But she, she's fucking gorgeous still. Oh, my God. Oh, Mickey, we love you. Yeah, pal. Oh, Mickey. And Deanna got a good dig on her and told her to get her uh, garbage bags. And if you've heard the story from WWE, you would know uh, what that means. Um, one other match before I get to the main event. You had Chris Sabin and Moose. And there was times in this match where I thought Moose was going to turn baby and get and he the crowd wanted to cheer for Moose. And every time he got to that point, he kept the heel thing going. Um I don't know if it's a contractual thing. I just feel like they're missing the boat with Moose. Uh, he looks so good. He's put in so much work. Uh Oh man. I they're bringing in all these guys and it just seems like Moose is starting to feel like the odd man out here. Has a great match. Again, he could have got over huge. And he gets rolled up by Chris Sabin and loses. Uh, that one, I, I listen, I thought the show was good, but you guys lost me with that one. You really did. Um, as far as the main event goes, you had the um, no DQ match, one of these death matches. Omega, Sammy Callahan for the Impact Championship. You had the fork like I talked about first. You had the pizza cutter like I talked about earlier. Uh, they kicked the shit out of each other. They really did. They fucked each other up. Um, it was, a, it, you know, hey, listen, Sammy Callahan uh, does not cheat himself on these death matches. I don't know if this is Omega's fourth or fifth one since the AEW deal has begun. Uh, he's, he's into it. He does it. Uh, he doesn't chintz on it. I mean, listen, one thing you give about Omega, he's, the effort's always there, uh, whether it's a death match or a match in Karukane Hall or, you know, whatever, um, Kenny delivers. This match was really good. And I honestly thought it was so good that it made Archer and Moxley not that good, you know, coming on the heels of it. And I get a vast amount of more people watched Moxley and Archer who don't care what Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan did on Saturday night, and that's fine. But I watched both, and after watching both, I will take Sammy Callahan versus Kenny Omega, that match, a thousand times over versus what I saw with Moxley and Archer tonight. It's nothing against them, but it just is what it is. It was just better. <laughs> it, just, it was just better. It had more meaning. Uh, it was more believable. Uh, anything and everything you can think of. Um, and then you have the huge surprise where the lights go out and you hear the bullet club. And it's Switchblade Jay White. Huge. What a surprise. Uh, 
That's a great surprise. I mean, I got to be honest. I'm a Jay White guy, number one. Um, I zeroed in on him as a young lion. Edwards, him and I, I remember we were doing a cool truth. uh, 2015, maybe. And it was after a big New Japan show. And there was uh, a young lion match. And Fit Finley was actually in that match as well. Or David Finley, excuse me. Um, and Jay White just stood out then. He came over here. He did the Ring of Honor. Um, he did his. Uh, he did. He did a lot of indie stuff over here. Um, he did his excursion, as they like to call it, over there. And he comes back as Switchblade, and I thought it was tremendous. Uh, he becomes the leader of the Bullet Club, um, and then you know now it's kind of like. The Bullet Club's a lot different. You'd have to watch New Japan. I don't have time to get into it right now, but you have Evil, you have him, you have Kenta, um, you have various different little factions, you have Tamatanga, um, but they're all the Bullet Club, I get it. Uh, but Switchblade comes over, never open weight champion, um, which I hate the fact that New Japan has a thousand titles, but the never open weight heavyweight title, to me, has a lot of meaning. Thank you, Ishii. Thank you, Minoru Suzuki, because that title is like you kick the fucking shit out of each other to win that title. At least that's that's what I know it to be. And I, I'm with it. Like, it's a fight. And if you ever watch ECE and Minoru Suzuki, you, it's a fight. And that's what I was trying to explain before with with um, with uh, Ibushi and um, and uh, and uh, Matanza Cueto over there. <laughs> I can't think of his name right now. COVID brain. Uh, but it's a fight. It feels like a fight. And I always feel like the never open way is like that. So he comes with the never open way title. And the weird part was, I actually think they cut out late. Because you see somebody run out of the back and then they cut off. And we're like, well, what the fuck happened? It turns out it was Finn Juice. And apparently, um, I don't know if it's this week or next week, Switchblade is defending against... Um, against um, uh, Juice Robinson. I almost called him CJ Peak, uh, which we all know he used to be CJ Parker and, you know, Juice Robinson now. Uh, so he's defending against him, so they had their little scuttlebutt in the ring, which had nothing to do with the elite who was in the ring because the elite's in there, you know, throwing up the too sweet me, and Switchblade is looking at him like, I'm not fucking too sweet in you. So you just wondered how that was all going to play out. Um, Impact promoted Bound for Glory. In Las Vegas, I believe it's in October or November. I can't remember exactly. And in the hype video, they showed, like, New Japan, Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact. Like, they're bringing in people from everywhere for that show. That's going to be interesting to see how that does. And now you got Switchblade there. Um, So I thought that was pretty cool. And we'll see... um, uh, impacts tomorrow. Obviously, it hasn't come out yet. Uh, am I going to watch it tomorrow? Probably not. Uh, but I will catch up on what happened with Switchblade because I, I did think that was pretty cool. Um, so overall, good show from uh, Impact. Again, small arena. You know, I mean, there may have been a hundred people there, but it was packed, and they were as loud as they could be. I mean, the ramp was like three feet. It was, I mean, I was dying. But they put on a good show, so you could live with it. Um, and at least there was people there cheering and not like piped in crowd noise. So uh, that was good. Um, and you got a little commentary from Don Callis 
during the match, which, I mean, we're used to. Why wouldn't he be commentating a Kenny Omega match? I mean, he does it all the time on AEW. So anyway, um, good show, Slammiversary. Um, before we get out of here, obviously we talked about the cock and all the shenanigans with that. Um, you know, shout out Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. I thought Charlotte was a little bit rusty, but <laughs> right now in women's wrestling, that's the cream of the crop. Her and Rhea Ripley right now. Uh, maybe you want to tell me Becky Lynch when she comes back, um, and maybe throw Ronda Rousey in if she was to come back. Uh, Tessa Blanchard would be another name I could think of. Um, I mean, Perrazzo's doing great things and Britt Baker's doing great things. But if you want to talk about the best women's wrestling match that you could put on right now, it's Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley. And they proved it again. Again, I thought Charlotte was a little bit off. I mean, she had a lot of plastic surgery. I mean, what? She doesn't even look like herself. It was weird. It was almost weird watching her. Um, she wins the title. And then ultimately, I didn't see it, but she got cashed in on um, by Nikki A-C-H or A-H-C or whatever the fuck they're calling her. Um, cashed in on her on Raw the next night and won it from her. So she's 14 or 15 time champion, probably going for it again. It's, I mean, I don't even know how to talk about all that. Uh, but again, if you're talking about cream of the crop, women's matches, Rhea Ripley, Charlotte Fair, it's hard to top that right now. Uh, you had uh, Big E win the men's or the WWE, you know, you could go universal or you could go WWE championship uh, briefcase. Um, I, you know, I, again, I only saw half the match. I thought what we saw was very good. Uh, there were times, you know, you thought, Various different people could win it, which I always like that. You know, there's times you thought it might be KO or Seth Rollins or, you know, I mean, I don't think Ricochet was going to win it, but he had a lot of spots in this match. Uh, but you get Big E the winner. Um, interesting to see where he goes. I don't know that you're going to get a resolution on that quickly, given um, the different guys who have come back now. Um also, uh, in the women's one, I, I said Nikki ACH or whatever the fuck they're called, Nikki Cross, won it. Uh, watching the match, I really wanted Alexa Bliss to win it. I mean, she has the best gimmick in all of women's pro wrestling. I, I'll tell you, know, her and Britt Baker are tied to me for the best gimmicks in all pro wrestling for women right now. They actually have gimmicks, and they're good. Uh, and Alexa's brilliant at that fucking gimmick. I mean, she's brilliant at the other stuff she used to do, but she's really brilliant at this. I, I, I honestly believe it's brilliant. I really do. Uh, I really wanted her to win. Uh, not that she really needs it, I mean, but it would have been cool had she won. Um, Liv Morgan is really over. And you listen, I, you know what? I, I'm trying to be positive here, but I, I, I've had enough with Natalia Neidhart. I've never liked her. Um, I, I Everything she does just annoys me. And... She had so many spots in that match. I was, I was literally like, "What? The, why the fuck am I watching this?" Forget Tamina and everything. Just every time you turned around, Natalia Nightheart was in the mix somehow, and I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Uh, maybe it's just me. Maybe you guys like her. I don't know. I I can't stand her. Um, also, Lashley uh, retained his title, uh, Bobby Lashley, um, against Kofi. Which I, I mean, we all I'm guessing we all thought would happen. Um, 
interesting to see where they go from where they go with him. Um, uh, I didn't see it again. Raw, but he defended against Keith Lee. One Goldberg showed up. You also had Karrion Cross show up and kind of get buried, which is shocking. Uh, that might be a story for another show. Um, I, I read some things today where they're like, oh, it just proves Vince hates NXT. Well, that might be true, but, dude, the guy's like 6'4", 265, like, you know, jacked up, tattoos, got a great entrance, they didn't use it. I, I, I mean, wouldn't he be a Vince guy? I, mean, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just strange. The main event of the night, obviously, uh, you know, on the pre-show, I don't know why I was on the pre-show. Maybe that was like the uh, punishment for uh, Jonathan Fatu, Jimmy Uso, or was it Jay? It was Jimmy, right? Got the DUI, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> this, this is what you got to do. If you're gonna if you're gonna work for WWE and you're gonna get a DUI, make sure in, you're in such a big program that they don't want to change it. So that he finally did it because any other time he got a DUI, he like disappeared for a year. So, so he, I mean, he might be getting a little smarter. I don't know. I love those guys. I'm glad they won the, they won the titles. Uh, they had a segment later in the show with Roman in the back and he's, I'm proud of you. This is what we do. I'm ahead of the table, but you got what you want. Now I need to get what I want. And what he wanted was, yeah, you know what he wanted. He wanted to be acknowledged. So they acknowledged him. I love the character. Cool. Um, main event, Roman Reigns, head of the table, head of the bloodline, uh, defending against Edge. He was beating him up early in the match, then Edge had his comebacks. Rollins gets involved twice in this match, and it, 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 it irked me a little bit. I don't need... Okay, you want Rollins to get in when, when Edge... when the re, Okay, the ref is out. Edge has the piece of the chair that Roman brought into the ring, by the way, but he's a heel. We get, we get it. Um, and he's doing his, you know, he's got it in Roman's mouth and he's trying to submit him. Obviously, he can't win that way because it's not a hardcore match. And if there was a referee in there, it would have either got DQ'd or they would have broke it up, whatever. And uh, the Usos come out. Uh, Mysterio and his kid come out and stop the Usos. Then you get Seth Rollins comes out. And kicks Edge in the head to break up the maneuver. I thought that was enough. Personally. I thought that was enough. He came back out again to help Roman win. And then after the match, he's like, just know that you would not be champion now if it's not for me. I don't really need that for Roman's character. And I don't really need to hear Rollins saying that. Because obviously we're moving on to Edge and Rollins. Rollins is pissed off that Edge got his spot. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. So, I mean, I'm guessing that ultimately Rollins is going to want a title match. I mean, obviously. I mean, he would anyway. So, Rollins and Edge are going to move on here. Um, I just didn't need the second spot. I thought after he broke up that one, ref being out, it was enough for Edge to say, I could have won this match. And that's really all you needed. You didn't need the second spot where Edge is going to go for the spear and Rollins gets on the apron and breaks it up and then Edge gets speared and gets pinned. I don't know that you needed that second spot, personally, but you got it. Um, and then all hell breaks loose when you hear the horns, and it's John Cena. He's back at the end of the pay-per-view. Showed up on Raw Monday as well, apparently. I didn't see it. Uh, but he comes out, and and you know, I'll give it. The crowd was deafening. It was deafening. But this is my question. Actually, it's not even really a question. You phonies. You frauds. You fakes. You hate John Cena. 
All these years, years and years of Cena sucks. Let's go, Cena. Cena sucks. We all John Cena's getting shoved down our throat. I don't need John Cena to be in a title picture. Why would all oh, they're gonna bring John Cena back and he's gonna wrestle for the title? I don't need that. John Cena. Oh, I hate John Cena. He's in colorful T-shirts and blah 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 blah. And then John Cena shows up and they're oh John Cena, my favorite wrestler ever. He's here, John Cena. You phonies. You frauds, you fakes. You're going to be booing them in a month anyway. But you're all, oh, John Cena. You know, I can see, I can see Vince in the back. Like, oh, yeah, pal. See, this is why we got to bring Cena back. Huh? We're going to bring back the rock, pal. Hold on. Better yet, Hunter, get on the phone. Let's get Goldberg for tomorrow, pal. Where's Brock Lesnar, pal? We got to sell out Vegas, pal. These bums we have here, Karrion Cross, bring them up and squash them, pal. He doesn't sell. We have no ratings. And then I bring back John Cena. Look at it, pal. Everybody. It's on Sports Center, pal. Just remember. You wanted it. <laughs> you say you don't, but when he shows up, oh, John Cena. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Mr. Make a Wish. It's John Cena. Inside of two months, you'll be like, what the fuck? Why is John Cena wrestling for a title, bro? We got to get these young guys over. We so much. Why, why can't Finn Balor get a title shot? I know he doesn't have a gimmick and he's fucking boring, but it's Finn Balor, bro. I really, you know, I really think Finn Balor should take it off Roman Reigns. But John Cena's getting the shot. I don't understand why. Maybe because you could hear a fucking pin drop when Finn Balor came out on SmackDown, and when John Cena came out, the fucking roof brought off the building. Could that be the reason? Maybe that's why you don't think Vince is listening like the con job is listening? (laughs) And I'm a John Cena fan as a wrestler now, where I'm not going to get into the other crap with him. Uh, I'm down on him. I'm really down on Cena. It was hard. I didn't, you know what? Normally I would pop for Cena coming out. I just, I I couldn't do it. I, I, I just couldn't do it um, as a as a wrestler. Uh, li- li- listen, this is this is big. This is big for Reigns. Um, am I convinced that Cena's not going to beat Reigns? No, I'm not because it's Vince. Why would I be convinced after listening to that? Why would I be convinced that that Reigns is going to retain against Cena? I think he should retain against Cena. He already called out Cena and he called out The Rock. I should. I think he should retain against both of them. I think he should retain against Goldberg and I think he should retain against Brock Lesnar and I think he should fucking beat everybody. And you, and you know what? At the end of the day, we were talking about CM Punk later, and we I was talking about this with Edwards earlier. You know what? Maybe maybe fucking CM Punk's the guy that should come back and take it off Reigns. I'm not even a fan of his. But just story. What what a story would that be? It would be exciting. But don't be surprised. On April, April on August twenty first, Las Vegas, Nevada, on a Saturday. My poor Matt David and Vincent are wrestling in the cage and nobody's watching. Unfortunately, <laughs> John Cena's raising his seventeenth championship. Don't be surprised because you blew the roof off the place, you phonies. And again, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to turn on fucking Twitter because I saw it all the greatest ever. I saw the fucking tweets too. So don't sit there and be like, oh, I wasn't in that crowd. I hate John Cena. There was fucking tweet after tweet. The greatest has returned. The GOAT to this, to that. How could you not love John Cena? 
At least he cut his fucking hair this time. <laughs> you know, come on. It's John Cena. Da, 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 da. Da, 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 da. I mean, you know, we all know it's coming, right? It's going to dry. I love Roman. I, I'm a huge Roman Reigns guy. Everybody's listening to me knows this. I want Roman to fucking squash him like Brock Lesnar did fucking seven years ago. But it's not going to happen. I hope Reigns wins. I hope this is a continuation of something huge for Reigns. I think this title run is awesome. Plus, I want him to hold it longer than Punk did. I really do. That's part of it, selfishly. But if you're telling me at 11.05, August 21st, Saturday night, Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City, you know, when Manny Pacquiao's in the back warming up, getting ready to fight Errol Spence. What a fight that. We're going to have to talk about that, too, on the show soon. Yeah, we got to get into that, because that... Oh, man, I love that fight for Spence. I really do. But anyway, John Cena's... 17 time. The White House's ears are fucking burning right now. Hollywood just puked. Stames is laughing his ass off. White is... I don't even know what he's doing. He's smashing his computer. Um, you know, trying to get the John Deere started. August 21st. 17-time champion. John Cena. And it's because you all wanted it. <laughs> Alright, that's going to do a cool down with AC. Uh, I'll be back with you next week. Hope you enjoyed. Uh, like, share, listen, love it. Talk to you guys soon. Good night, everybody. Condemn me. A man's measured by the way that he thinks. Not clothing lines, ice links, leather and minks. I spent 20 plus years seeking knowledge itself. So for now, Mark Frank is living life for wealth. Your time is up.